We're a little bit less than a or a little bit more than a week away from Arizona football's first game against San Diego State. And we got a lot to talk about here. We're going to talk about some of the under the radar players that uh, maybe aren't getting enough love from uh, people out there. All right, let's get started here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Thursday. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, we got a lot to get to this show. Again, Arizona, a little bit more than a week away from that season opener against San Diego State, a 12-30 kickoff. So uh, that's obviously a good thing. But we've talked a lot about the quarterbacks. We talked a lot about the receivers, where everybody fits in. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the, some of the overlooked players on this team, maybe some guys that aren't getting enough run that probably should get some run. And that starts with Anthony Simpson. Now, Jedfish just came out and said that Anthony Simpson is going to be, he's going to get the the much coveted uh, number one jersey. And what does that mean? Well, a lot of people want that jersey, and you've got to do a lot of things the right way from practice to uh, grading outright, all kinds of stuff. And Anthony Simpson has been that guy. So, um, first of all, kudos to him. And you might be saying, well, how does Anthony Simpson fit into this team? Well, there's a bunch of different ways that he's going to fit into this team. First and foremost, you've got a player who is going to be able to, you know, fit into that receiving core in one way, shape or form, whether that's as that fourth receiver, heck, who knows, maybe it's that third receiver. Now, the one thing you got to remember, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, is that you've got a lot of talented players in front of you. Uh, if you're, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Simpson does. And so you got to keep that in mind right there because that is something. But, um, you know, after Jacob Cowing, after Tatora McMillan, and then after Dorian Singer, Jamari Joyner, there's a spot right there. And, you know, if you watch Simpson in camp, he certainly has shown that he can do that. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out for Arizona at that wide receiver position because, again, this is a super talented unit right here. And one thing about them is that they're all really working hard and they're all really working together. So Anthony Simpson obviously got it. And the thing about it, too, that really worked, and this this goes to show people about doing things the right way, is that Simpson got the coveted uh, number one also because he was the first one to sign up for every single uh, every single receiver drill, every single rep he could get. Simpson was doing it. And then he was also doing the same thing when it came to uh, special teams. He's going to be on all of those units. And again, you got to tip your cap to the kid because it'd be really easy for a lot of people um, to just say, eh, I don't really want to do this or, you know, I'm a receiver, but he wants to get out on the football field and he's doing things the right way. So you really got to tip your cap to him because again, this wouldn't, this would be something that would be very easy for him. You know, I'm a, I'm a scholarship wide receiver. And but he's not sticking with that. He's going and he's trying to make it happen the way that he wants to make it be. So again, big big kudos to Anthony Simpson right there. Another guy to keep an eye on, Kobe Cage. Now, Cage is an interesting story because he's out of Louisiana, was rated probably a two-star kid. But the one thing about him 
and I think that everybody looks at is that he is incredibly athletic and he's put a lot of good weight on. Now, that's the case a lot of times with these people or players. They come in, they don't have a lot of weight. They don't, you know, uh, they have a hard time putting it on. That hasn't been the case with him. He's morphed in from a safety into a linebacker's body, and he's done it the right way. Now, like I said, a lot of guys, they come in and they put on either bad weight or they just can't put on weight. That hasn't been the case with him. He's been able to get in there at about 220 pounds, something like that, and he's been able to stick and he's been able to make that one happen. Um, He should be lining up next to Jerry Roberts at that linebacker spot. And honestly, at the linebacker spot, um, those two are going to have to ball out for Arizona because there really isn't much room for error with either one of them because, again, um, you only have two spots on the field and both of those guys are all, oh, I don't want to say that they're proven because they're not, but you look at some of the depth, the lack of depth behind them, whether that's, whether that's, a, you know, a Sterling Lane, Malik Reed, or a, uh, uh, an Anthony Solomon, these guys are just a little bit ahead of those players right now. They look the part more than those guys do. And so those are two guys to certainly keep an eye on Anthony Simpson at that wide receiver slash special teams position. And then at the tight end, or excuse me, and then at the linebacker spot, you've also got, you've also got a, a you know, a Jerry Roberts going up with a Kobe cage. Okay. Now another player to keep an eye on, and I can't believe we're really saying this, but it also goes to show you the influx of talent that Jed fish has brought in is Kean Burnett. Kean Burnett is one of the more talented players on the entire roster. Now, just a little bit of a rehash was an ex USC commit. Uh, once jet fish took over, he, uh, he sold the family on coming to Arizona. You know, again, uh, Burnett's uh, father, Chester Burnett was an incredibly, uh, talented guy at the U of A played a little bit in the NFL. He's making some money now playing poker. Good for him. I'd like to have that gig, but, um, his son though is incredibly talented. Um, He's easily the most physically gifted tight end the U of A's had here since Rob Gronkowski walked here. Now, I don't know how he's going to play this season. That remains to be seen because a lot of people, you know, when you've got a player like that, um, how much can he get down the blocking? Can he be a real blocker? Or is he essentially a glorified right wide receiver? We don't really know any of that. And we won't know that until the lights come on. But the good things about, the good things about him, though, is that he's, first of all, He's like we talked about, he's very talented, comes from a great family, and he's going to work hard, doesn't want anything given to him. And I think at this time next year, you're going to be looking at a drastically different player because he's going to be a 19, 20 year old at that point, as opposed to an 18 or a 19 year old, you know, who's still in his first year getting acclimated to the campus. But I do believe that his arrival date is going to be sometime this year. This season, I don't know if it's game eight. I don't know if it's, you know, it's game two when it's going to happen. But there's going to be a moment when he's going to be clearly an issue for the opposing teams. And people are going to look around and say, who's that dude right there? And they're going to be talking about Key and Burnett. So certainly keep an eye on Mr. Burnett right there because there's a lot to like about him. And there's a lot to like about that entire situation. Now, at the uh, some of the other spots to keep an eye on some of the guys we've talked about him before but we're going to talk about him again kevin green wide receiver another usc decommit and it just goes to show you too the talent that jet fish is bringing in because in the past how many times would a usc decommit be under the radar for arizona well i'll answer that question it doesn't happen because it doesn't but 
Green has been Green's been solid all throughout. Green was solid during uh, spring camp. He's been very good during uh, fall camp. The question with him is just uh, from a numbers perspective, a numbers game, where does he fit in? And I don't think that anybody really knows that right now because, again, the wide receiver position for Arizona is absolutely loaded. And there's just re- there's really no other way around it. Now, one thing that I think is fascinating, though, is that this this guy, you haven't really heard his name put in with some of the other players out there. And I don't know why he's necessarily not looked at as being a possible kick returner, but you put him out there with Speedy Luke, you got some options right there. I think that would be very intriguing. But Green, I don't know, again, if it's going to be this year, but he has all the makings of an all-conference type player, and that's certainly what you like to see. Now, another receiver who probably isn't overlooked but maybe he is a little bit just from a national or from a you know just from a perspective of people not understanding how good he is and that's Dorian Singer now the wide the wide receiver out of pinnacle he is going to be able to finish the way that he finished last year and what I mean by that is last year he was Arizona's best receiver towards the end of the year now he's not going to be Arizona's best receiver this year well at least I don't think so but he has looked very sharp, very polished all throughout camp. And if you're Arizona, you're hoping that he can bring that into the next phase there where he can become an all-conference type guy. Now, he's a little bit taller than Jacob Cowing, probably not quite as explosive, but you can just tell that he has the he has the confidence of the coaching staff. And the coaching staff certainly has has found ways to utilize him. Now Obviously, last year at the end of the season was kind of tough with the way he was kicked out of the ASU game. But, you know, you're an 18-year-old kid. How many times have 18-year-old kids done things that they probably should have done? It happens all the time. So what what's next for him this year? I look for about four to five, I don't know, maybe a little bit more, five to 600 receiving yards around with seven or eight touchdowns, something like that. And, and, if, he can, and if he can make that happen... Because the other two guys, Jacob Cowan, Tatora McMillan, you know they're going to ball out. And so all of a sudden, you have a pretty deep, dynamic receiving core that there is a lot to look at right there. Now, uh, at those at those other positions, then, you've also got at the running back spot, Jonah Coleman. Uh, we talked about Jonah. I think at some point during this year, he's going to be the starter. And when he does become that starter, I don't think that he's ever going to uh, relinquish that spot. He's going to be he's going to be that bell cow that everybody is going to be talking about for quite a while. So that's kind of where you are with some of the players. Now, I wanted to talk about some of the youngsters that are going to play this year, but might might not play as much as some people expect. But as always, we've got to tell you about LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the absolute best place if you're looking to hire people and 40 million job seekers post on LinkedIn and Here's all you got to do. You've got to go to link. You got to go to LinkedIn.com/slash/locked-on-college. Let them know that, uh, and you'll be able to get in there and find job seekers, other people that are looking to, you know, look for jobs and whatnot. That's where they want to be. LinkedIn is LinkedIn has been around forever. Think about it. I know people that have used LinkedIn. You know people that have used LinkedIn. It's not some fly-by-night thing. Everybody out there uses LinkedIn. All right, check it out. We'll be right back with you. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. As always, this segment, as you know, is brought to you by LinkedIn. All right. So now we're talking about some of the players who are a little bit underrated. 
Now, let's talk about uh, some of those guys in the defensive uh, backfield or the def- or the defense or defensive. Yeah, the defensive backfield from Tutor from Tutor. Uh, excuse me. Everybody knows that Christian Roland Wallace and uh, Traden Stoops, when he's healthy, are going to start at the corner spots. But let's also look at some of the other players, though, that you got that you could be looking at. And those are the two uh, bookend cornerbacks right there, both six two six three guys. At this, uh, Ephesians Prysock and Takario Davis. Um, what immediately sticks out about both of these guys is they're six foot three, but you immediately wonder, worry about guys like that. Well, he's six foot three. That worries me a little bit. It shouldn't worry you though, because you watch them, you move, watch how they move their hips, their change of direction. They're able to get where they want on the field, and they're able to stick with who they need to on there. It's really a unique group, and you know, in hindsight, they should have been rated higher. But sometimes you just miss on kids. Sometimes they're just not quite as good as you know, maybe that you would have, uh, maybe that you would have hoped. But both of these guys probably should have been ranked as high for, I mean, at least with Price Hawk was a four-star kid. So there's that. But Davis was incredibly underrated. Davis should have been a four-star type player. You watch them both. They're going to be perfect for what you're going for and looking forward. Now, what I do think is going to be fascinating about uh, this defensive backfield is how are, when are they going to get onto the field? Because again, Traden Stoops has battled injuries throughout camp in the Pac-12, and especially when you've got an out-of-conference schedule where you got San Diego State, Mississippi State, North Dakota State. Those are the kind of uh, teams that are going to look to stress guys at the cornerback position. What is Arizona going to be able to do about that? Who are they going to put in there? Um, if traded Stoops isn't ready to go and it could be baptism by fire, but I think everybody would like to see what both those guys can do out there. I know that I certainly would because both of those players are immensely talented and I think they have the ability to be able to match up. And you know what, again, Arizona's not going to win the conference this year. I, you know, I, I, I back the eight of the fullest, but I will say I, I would be very surprised if they won the conference, but that doesn't mean that you can't win four or five games this season. That doesn't mean that you can't go forward and become a team that next year is looked at as a seven or an eight win team, something of that, something of that ilk. Now keep an eye right there on where Arizona is going forward. Then at the, uh, excuse me, on the defensive line. Now that's kind of a quest. That's a question mark. Now I like the front four up there. You've got Hunter Eccles. We've talked about you got Jalen Harris. They just both need to ball out. You need them to be able to get out there, get after the quarterback, and be able to make plays happen. And then you got Keon Bars and you got Paris Shand. But after that, there's certainly room for somebody to emerge, but nobody has really emerged there yet, which means that you're probably going to have a lot of guys. You're probably going to have more players playing linebacker. You're going to have more safeties up in the box looking to help out, especially if there is a, if there's an injury. And that means numbers for guys like Christian Young, numbers for Jerry Roberts. There's going to be a lot of tackles to go around with this team. And I think that's where you need to look at it. But as always, this segment, though, was brought to you by LinkedIn. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with you. And we're going to talk about win expectations for the Wildcats. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now we're talking about expectations for this team right now and this U of A team. Uh, overlooked players, who to look at and where we're at. 
again, I was I'm having to record from a hotel with absolutely with not great Wi-Fi, so that's why I'm in the office right now. But okay, so let's talk about then where Arizona should win. Depending on the book you look at, it's generally two and a half or three wins. I love the over of two and a half or three wins for Arizona. As a matter of fact, I don't see, uh, I would be very surprised if it was under three wins. And let's just look at some of those games. You got the first game of the season against San Diego State. Now, there's no doubt that that's going to be a game that Arizona um, would like to win. They go into that as a six, uh, six and a half point dog, but that also means that Arizona can win that. Now, last year against San Diego State, Arizona got blitzed, and there's really no other way around it. Arizona just got blitzed. This year's team, though, has a lot more talent. You've got a better quarterback in play. You've got a better receiver in play. You've got a lot of different options. You've got a lot of different people, uh, players out there. Who can be that guy that emerges, though, against San Diego State? Because we're going to find out really quickly about Jaden Delora, and I think Jaden Delora is going to show everybody what the Pac-12 freshman of the year looked like last year. But let's just say that Arizona loses that game. Then you're looking at games. You're looking at a game like a San Diego State. You're looking at a game, Mississippi State. I think that Mississippi State could be a tough game. North Dakota State, I expect Arizona to win. So let's just say that you're one and two out of conference. Then you look in conference. You've got California. You've got Colorado. Those are both very winnable games for Arizona. Colorado is not good. Um, now, listen, they were a lot better than Arizona last year, but you could say that about pretty much any team that played Arizona. They were a lot better than Arizona. This year, uh, Colorado lost Jerry Rice's son, Braden Rice. You also lost some players that were not able to, uh, you know, that, that just decided to leave the program. Arizona, on the other hand, didn't really lose anybody besides Stanley Berryhill of value and was able to bring other guys in. I think that Colorado, California, one of those two Arizona wins. So that gets you two wins. Then the rest of the schedule, you add some tough games in there. I don't see Arizona beating USC. I don't see them beating Utah. um, But I could easily see them beating ASU, who, again, I expect ASU to quit by midseason. This is a team that has a quarterback in Emory Jones who's just not very good. I don't think there's really any way around that. And a and a team under Herm Edwards that I think is probably going to quit at some point. And, and that's the case. Arizona should win that game. I don't think that Arizona under any circumstances is going to quit under Jed Fish. I think we, they certainly showed that last year. And what's crazy to say about it is that Arizona has more talent than ASU, I think. So I love Arizona's chances against ASU. I also think that they can beat Washington State. Now, again, that's the Jaden Delora game. But you got to remember, if you're bringing in a new quarterback at Washington State, Cameron Ward, who, yes, looks good, but you need to remember that his games were at Incarnate Word last year. That's a lot different than playing in the Pac-12. Got to remember that one right there. So that's kind of where we are on the schedule. Again, I think Arizona wins four or five games this year. And actually, I feel pretty good about it. I think the national media is a little bit behind the trend here. And if Arizona gets four or five wins this year, I think you're looking at seven or eight the following season, which would really announce Jed Fish's arrival on the college football scene. But again, wanted to talk on this episode a little bit about some of the underrated players on the team, some of the guys that are going to have to put up big numbers and on top of that, where some of the wins can come from. Now, tomorrow, we're going to be looking a little bit further into the schedule. We're going to talk some more uh, Arizona football, obviously. And as always, we're going to talk some Arizona basketball as well. 
There is a ton to get to here, and um, we're just getting started again. We're coming at you day after day after day right now. But you all have a great Thursday. I will be back with you tomorrow. As always, keep it locked on Wildcats. Again, happy Thursday, and we will see you tomorrow, Friday. Have a great one.